Are you interested in starting a career in localization? We've gathered tips and insights from six hiring managers to help you get started. This is what they had to say. Yeah, I think there are a few ways you can step into the industry. I One thing I have observed, which is actually how I got into the industry, is with the language skills. So if you speak one or two languages, that can be very helpful because one possible entry point is a linguistic QA, which really doesn't require a lot of skills other than having, you know, good grasp of the language. But I think the technical aspects of it are pretty easy to learn. So if you have some, you know, some good, decent comfort level with basic computer use and you're good at understanding instructions, I think that's a way, one way to step into it. And that's basically how I got into the industry. They were looking for a, a German tester. Really, the only skill was required, like basic PC skills, and there was not even any QA knowledge required. So that that was that's one way. I would say that one of the things that really helped me is doing volunteer work because in the translation industry there's a lot of big names that play a big role in your in your resume, but you don't necessarily have to have a huge amount of experience. So I see this with lots of grassroots, um, you know, Amnesty International type of thing, uh, Doctors Without Borders. They need a lot of, yeah, freelance, but volunteer translators and, and interpreters sometimes. And it's a really great way to get some experience under your belt and get really interesting names and, and probably, you know, letters of recommendation and contacts. So I would recommend a lot of volunteer work if you can, if you can afford it. You should at least have some ingredients to the recipe. So passion for the language, maybe no few languages, passion for different cultures. Having zero experience is not a definite no going into it. But if you if you feel passionate about the languages and language industry uh, itself, and it, you find it intriguing, then take a look at what minimum positions perhaps you can look at to get your start in the industry. So for example, if you know another language, if you are a native speaker of a language, and so English, for example, if we're speaking people living in North America is your second language, but you have good command of both, obviously your native language as well as your English, then you can look for roles like language tester. Uh, lots of companies put out those type of roles in. And that's a good first step to start understanding what is important to focus on if you want to be in it within our industry. There are many, many different career paths in localization. So from the, the central linguistic role to that everybody would think about to more technical, managerial, creative, or support functions even. So, so you have translators, editors, terminologists, linguistic QA, for instance, but you also have more technical profiles for machine translation applications or QA specialists lists of all kinds, recruiters, what we call vendor managers in our lingo, and then self-appointed kings, one project manager to rule them all. So needless to say, depending on, on what you're aiming at, um, there are a variety of strategies that you may try. But basically, I would say that without any prior experience in and you would be competing against more experienced candidates, maybe. It's not necessarily a lost battle. And what you need to do is 
demonstrate your motivation. So I want to say that it's extremely hard to uh, to start without experience in general, and and even more so under the the requirements of the of the ISO standard that rules the industry, seventeen one hundred. By the way, did I mention we got certified? My two <laughs> my my two second of self promotion, <laughs> but that's because the the standard requires linguists to have various number of years of experience on top of formal education, depending on what education they have. But truly, it's not even what the standard recommends, because it's not exactly the letter of the standard. But I've witnessed it so many, so many times, so many cases where agencies would simply reject perfectly fine profiles, because they, they didn't have that one year of experience or two years in addition to a degree in translation. So I think it's going to maybe be even harder to start as a linguist without some experience. And that snake is biting its own tail, because you will never acquire that experience if you there never start. But that's a tough nut. I think in the localization industry, we are quite fortunate if compared to other industries in a way that it seems to be relatively easy to get engaged in, for example, a freelance activity or some kind of volunteering even before you graduate. So, for example, during your last year of studies. I think I would say that's the easiest way to enter the industry and to check if it's really for you. First of all, I would target entry-level positions. And since the entry-level positions would require a lot of training and learning, I would try to show that I'm willing to learn on my own. And there are, you know, different ways to achieve it. So I would listen to industry leaders, podcasts, learn hot topics in the industry and learn the big players in the industry and try to be part of the organizations and groups. And I would try to take active part through volunteering. And I think this will ultimately or naturally grow my professional network. And well, everyone would agree that that's the key to success while looking for a job, like grow a professional network. Another way would be what I see and you know, where I currently work, we have in project management, we have a few different levels. And the first level of most hands-on is a project coordinator. And so they don't have to really have formal project management experience. It's really a lot of file handling translation job handling and you know it's not particularly technical because you usually have to work with an engineer so kind of a project coordinator type role would be one i don't think that requires a high level of experience so if you have you know good communication skills organization skills maybe some you know language language is always good to have a, an additional language skill i think it just helps to have a more of an understanding of what we're doing in localization some of the challenges and then just good good communication right I also- I also feel that there's a lot of platforms right now, maybe like Upwork and Fiverr, where you can start getting your hand into like the work, but not necessarily earning a lot of money to begin with. And people are not expecting a seasoned professional for the most part in these types of platforms, not all the time. They maybe want to run a test or, you know, like see what something would sound like in, in a different language, right? And so they might ask for a simple voiceover with the translation to go along with the script. So there's there's ways to get your hands in. In, but it's hard to start with the bigger clients, to be honest. There's also jobs, for example, like interpretation, where you can get some certifications for your native language. And then it's usually not a lengthy process and you can get into that field as well. For translation, it's a little more complicated because there's tooling, there's more 
more to learn and it takes a little longer to break into translation. But for other career path, at least from an official ISO standard point of view, there, there are no particular experience requirements. So to the best of my knowledge, I think. So it's all up to the company. So I believe if you want to demonstrate your your motivation, that's what you want to do. And and you have no experience, but but you have skills that the company can benefit from. Can be an eye for detail for QA jobs, uh, great organizational skills for project management or psychology, if you want, for vendor management uh, to manage people. Recruiters want to, to make a good investment, right? They're, they're looking for a candidate that will be as plug and play as possible. But if you can show me that you, you want that job so bad and your skills can compensate for that lack of experience, you will not necessarily be in an unfavorable position to get started with, especially, and, and that could be also um, a part of a winning strategy if you go for super entry level positions like an internship, for instance, and, and then you, you would grow within the company. And there you have it. You, you've, you know, it's the foot in the door. You, you, you made your first experience and, and you're started. So, I can tell you for a fact, for instance, that we have grown generations of interns into superstar linguists or project managers. And long even after they decided to go freelance, because translators many times go freelance, we still work with them very happily ever after. I thought of my own story here. So maybe I can share that as an example to show you how I started my career in the localization industry. So that was, like I said, when I was at the university, when I was a student myself. And I think at some point I felt the need to find some practical application for the translation theory I was getting taught at the university. So I did some research and I think one day I came across a job advert for a freelance quality assurance role. And uh, yeah, I applied, not even being exactly sure what quality assurance stood for and what that uh, particular role would actually involve. But yeah, some time passed and I got contacted by the agency. I think I was asked to perform a sample task for them. And then some more time passed and it turned out I was successful. So I got onboarded, I got trained in what was needed to perform these quality assurance duties. Of course, they explained me what that was and how it's supposed to uh, look like. And uh, yeah, that was the start of my freelance journey. And then I think after a year or two, when I graduated, I finally could start working full-time for them. So I switched to full-time freelancing. Uh, and then that meant that they could also entrust me with more and more complex tasks. And I think eventually I got hired internally. And I think funnily enough, I later hired several team members to my own team who started in exactly the same way. So as a freelancer or volunteer during their final years of studies. Yeah, so I think this seems to be quite an efficient and successful way of getting your foot in the door. Though I think, of course, you can also, you know, go ahead and apply for localization jobs that companies advertise here and there. And I'm sure it can be a successful process as well. Though I think to me, it's just so much easier to do that when you already have some kind of experience or some understanding of how the localization actually works. On the engineering side, it might be a little trickier. For me personally, I actually started SQA and then turned into a more engineer. But I guess there would be another area you could go through is maybe if you work in some kind of IT role, that could be an entry-level role to start and become more technical. 
That would be maybe another entry point for maybe more of an engineering role. You don't have to be a software developer, be able to write code to become a localization engineer. 